What's up, guys? And thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's My Family? I'm your host, Jake, and today's guest is my very beautiful wife, Cheyenne. She was an amazing first guest, and I truly believe you guys are going to love this episode. We did, however, have some technical difficulties with our mic situation and that I didn't know was happening until I got uh, in here to edit this thing. So Cheyenne's voice is a little low, but I think you can hear her just fine. But with that being said, let's get into it. So, all right, babe, we're live. <laughs> um, thank you for being my first guest. Um, as you know, I really appreciate you um, supporting me through all of this and uh, telling me that you know you you believe in me because you've been definitely my number one supporter here, and. It means the world to me that you are supporting me and doing this and uh, giving me advice and helping me along the way and not being mad at me for spending hours in front of this computer. Um, so I really appreciate that. Um, and the fact that you uh, are the woman that you are. I love you with all my heart. And uh, so I want the world to hear your story too. And so to do that, um, we needed you. So that's why you're guest number one. Okay, well, that's what I'm here for. Um, how about you give us like a soft open into your life? Tell us, uh, when and where were you born? Um, I was born Orange Park, Florida, on July 17, 1995. Um, and do you have any siblings? Yeah, I have three sisters. Um, one's four years younger, that's Desiree. Emily's five years younger, and Amara's 18 years younger. <laughs> Somebody started over. Um, and what about your mom and dad? Where were, where did they meet, uh, and what is your understanding of their relationship? Um, they were actually neighbors when they lived in Middleburg. Um, they went to school together, and one day my dad was talking to the guys that they went to school with and made a bet to see who could talk to her first, and my dad ended up being the one to talk to her first, and... That's all I know. I mean, from there, they... Well, can I just say, I think that's the best bet in the world because it gave me my lovely wife, so... Yeah, and I mean, they decided to be teen parents, so that was interesting. So they chose to, to have you? Uh, from my understanding, I, I don't really fully know if they said that just to make me feel better or <laughs> not okay. like a legit thing. I don't know. So, in what age were they when they, quote-unquote, made the, the pact to have you at such a young age? 16 and 17. My mom had just turned 17, like, right after she had me. Jeez Louise. <laughs> that's young. We had kids young, but that's young. And to choose it at that age is a whole nother thing. So, what was your childhood like uh, with your parents? Was it uh, good, bad, ugly, in between bit in between I mean I have plenty of memories of us going to Disney World up in like from two years old up until I was 10 when they split up like we would go every single year and I mean obviously they were good memories with my parents but I also remember a lot of times with them constantly fighting and everything so I mean there were also bad times and like I said when they were not when they were 10 when I was 10 they split up and I was extremely happy about that most kids are sad about their parents getting divorced, and I was ecstatic because I didn't have to hear them argue anymore. <laughs> and what were the 
kind of crazy rules that they might have had for you guys, for you girls, sorry. <laughs> uh, I don't know if there's any, like, crazy rules. We just had to be respectful. I mean, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. So would you say it was, like, a very open kind of relationship between you and your parents? You, you had a lot of freedom to do what you wanted, and but, you know, there were limitations. There was a line but they let you get close to that line pretty often or yeah, I mean I feel like I didn't have like many rules like my biggest rule was my parents had to like meet all of my friends parents and they had to know where I was going I had to check in with them stuff like that like the normal stuff that you know a kid finds annoying that that was <laughs> so they were really honestly just normal parents for the late 90s early 2000s yeah the the normal was because my parents were a lot of the same where mom wanted to meet all of my friends parents and um not all of them at some point i feel like that kind of slowed down um really once we moved to jacksonville but um so did you would you say you had up until you were 10 when they split would you say you had a good childhood or was it rough i mean before they split, it wasn't, like, I don't really remember a whole lot. Like I said, I remember, like, they would argue and stuff. But from my understanding, like, it, it was a pretty decent childhood. Things kind of went, like, downhill when they split up. So when they split, um, who did you live with? I lived with my dad, and my sisters lived with my mom. And why, why were y'all split up? Because me, Nick, and Brandon were kind of similar. Nick went and lived with dad for a while. And then and we would, like, trade off, like, every other weekend or something when we still lived in Tennessee. Um, that's my understanding of it. Sorry, Mom, if I'm wrong on that. Um, and then eventually Nick ended up moving in with us, and then every summer we would go back and forth. So um, why was there a split for y'all? Um, I don't know, like, details honestly like I can't remember if it was something like my parents decided I do remember like I me and my dad were a lot closer than me and my mom so I personally wanted to live with my dad so whenever they were splitting up I remember like always being upset when it was time for me to be with my mom so I feel like they just felt it was easier to just have the kids who they wanted to be with rather than the kids be upset that they're with the parent that they don't want to be with and, and do you think that that affected you, Emily, and Desiree's um, relationship at all? Did it make you closer, pull you apart? Was it a, a weird transition when you all three ended up living together eventually? No, I mean, I don't think that it made, like, a huge difference. Because, I mean, I still saw my sisters, and we still hung out. Again, I don't really, like, remember a whole lot from that time. I just remember... My sisters were with my mom most of the time, and I was with my dad most of the time. And I, when I was with my dad, I was more so with other friends, just hanging out, trying to do my own thing. And yeah. So when when did you, Emily, and Desiree all live together officially? Um. I don't. Know, it was honestly like back and forth so many times. Like we never. I don't. Let's see. I mean, for a while, we lived, like, all together at my Uncle Scott's house. We lived there. Um, my mom wasn't in the picture. I, she was off doing whatever she was doing. But 
for a while we lived together and then when mom came back my sisters went back with my mom and then I stayed with my dad of course and I'd see my mom occasionally but I mean it was like that for a while like we would at one point we were living with my great granny and another time we were living with this woman named Kristen like we just bounced from mm. house to house wherever was good for us to go at the time that's what we did so who were you for for those of you who don't know, Cheyenne's mom is in prison. Uh, we'll share that story maybe a different time, but not right now. Um, so when your mom went to prison, who were you living with? Um, I was living with my... When your mom went to prison, I was living with my... <laughs> with my mom, which yeah, because you're so confused for a second. Sorry. <laughs> was your dad in jail at that time? Yes, my dad was also in jail when my mom went to prison. Are you okay to share why your dad was in jail? Because I think that's a pretty good story, actually. Yeah, I was in 10th grade. I was the beginning of the school year. My sisters had just moved to South Carolina with my mom. My mom had a new boyfriend. They were starting a life there. She asked me if I wanted to move there, and I told her, no, I love y'all, I'll miss y'all, but my life's in Florida. So I started school. Um, Ed White started my uh, sophomore year there and there's this one teacher and he did not like me for whatever reason I I don't know he did not like me at all and one day I went to push my phone down into my pocket they were really strict on phones we weren't allowed to have them out or anything and all I did was went to push it out of my pocket because it was falling out and he was like oh, I'm shy and I see you have your phone out you need to give it to me and I told him no like my, my dad told me I pay your phone bill you don't need to give your phone to anybody. If someone asks for your phone, just tell them that you're going to go to the office. You're not going to give them your phone because we're not going to have these issues. So I told the teacher, I was like, I'm sorry, my dad told me I'm not allowed to give my phone to anybody. I wasn't on my phone. I was just trying to put it in my pocket. This is a big misunderstanding. And he just continued to say, if you don't give me your phone, you're going to the office. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to the office. So I go to the office and when I get there, the officer meets me there. And he was like, do you really want to be suspended for three days or would you rather just give me your phone and at the end of the day, you come back and get it? And at that point, I, it's the first couple of weeks of school. I don't want to get suspended or anything. I'm freaking out. So I'm like, you know, I don't want my dad to be mad at me. I'll just give them the phone. I'll come back at the end of the day to come get it. So I give the phone to the lady at the front office. She puts it in her desk, locks it up, and then I go out throughout my day. Then later in the day, school's over. I go to the office like the officer told me to do, and when I get there, um, the lady's gone, and I ask the officer, I was like, hey, where's the lady that um, has my phone? He's like, oh, she left early, and I was like, okay, well, I need my phone, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in trouble if I don't come home with my phone, and he's like, well, we don't have the keys. And I'm, what do you mean we don't have the keys? Like, the, the, my phone is here. This is not your property. Like, this, this isn't okay. Right. So I called my dad from a school phone or a friend's phone, I don't know whose phone I called from, called him, let him know what's going on, and if any of you know my dad, he has a very short fuse at times, and he did not like the fact that I gave my phone up to begin with, but he really didn't like the fact that when he went up there and asked for my phone, the answer was, we don't have the key, we can't get you the phone, even though, obviously, janitors or someone has to have some kind of spare key, like, you don't just have a key to a desk and not have any kind of spare backup keys or anything but so from there um my dad was arguing with the officer saying you know this is my daughter's property i just want her phone back let's get the phone back and the officer did not like that my dad stepped closer to the officer just trying to reason with him and 
the officer pulled out pepper spray and pepper sprayed my dad right there in front of me. Um, at the time, my aunt was there too, and things were going on with her. Long story short, they both ended up getting arrested, and it was all over the news. <laughs> the next day, I went to school, and I was the girl that was at school for, um, I was known as the girl at school that got her dad arrested for getting her phone taken away. <laughs> wow. So, that, that's why you ended up, because your dad did, he, he was in there for like a year, right? Yeah, because it wasn't only him refusing to leave the school. He also made some really inappropriate comments to the officer as he was getting arrested. So then it was more serious charges. So then at the time, my, I was living with my dad and um, his girlfriend at the time, which is my little sister's mom, I was living with them and she didn't want me to stay with her so I was going to move in with my granny and my granny um, we were having some issues there I didn't I didn't want to leave my phone and then she just said it was going to be too much so then I had to move to South Carolina with my mom so then while you're in South Carolina um, you know your your mom ends up doing something that uh, gets her locked up and so you're forced to move back down here roughly a year later, right? Yeah, so a little backstory of South Carolina. Whenever I was there, I was um, pretty much the one taking care of my sisters all the time. Like, I, my mom would literally go out of town for the weekend. Like, she would leave South Carolina and go to Florida, and it would just be me and my sister. She would order us pizza or Chinese food, or we'd be staying at my friend Caroline's house. Just something that, like, I don't know, it just wasn't necessarily the best thing for a mom to do but you know I think now looking back on it I know what she was doing she was doing those illegal things that bond her up in prison to begin with but so when your mom went to prison um, how did that affect you mentally physically and emotionally um, it affected me pretty hard because like I said we weren't really close until I moved to South Carolina and then at that time I was kind of forced to be close with her because I was forced to live with her because I didn't have my dad anymore and we finally started having a better relationship and then it was just taken away from me. It was a very traumatic experience because it was just a few days after my birthday that she had gone missing. I didn't hear from her. I had no idea where she was and then I'm calling around trying to find her and I finally get a hold of her phone and someone answers it and it's her ex-boyfriend saying that he's with her and really that wasn't the case at all. My mom was in jail. She turned herself in. Hmm. So it's definitely not easy. So because of all of that, between your dad going to jail, your mom going to jail, you, for the year that you lived with your mom in South Carolina, you were pretty much your, your mom's in-house babysitter. Uh, do you feel you maybe played a big role in raising your, your two little sisters? Not Amara yet. Amara wasn't in the picture yet, but... Do you think you, you played, up until that point, a, a, a vital role or a big role in raising your sisters? Um, I think I definitely did. I mean, they might say otherwise. They might think that I was just the mean big sister, but I feel like I had to step up and be the parent when we didn't have the parent there. Because, like I said, even whenever like we were bouncing from house to house, I was the only constant that they knew. Like we would be living with random random family members or random strangers. I mean, not strangers, but people we don't necessarily know that well. I was the only constant that they knew. I was the only one that was there to make sure that they didn't 
understand everything that was going on because they were so young. Right. Sorry, I had to adjust the AC so if y'all had been moving around. Sorry about that. Um, so, I think you, from, from the stories that I've heard uh, of obviously just being with you for as long as we've been together, um, and by the way, I want to go ahead and make that correction on the record. In my episode one, I've, I've made, a, made a mistake and said that me and Cheyenne were almost together for 10 years. This year, 2021, will make nine years. So I made that mistake on my episode, so I'm going to take the second here to <laughs> correct myself. Um, but anyway, the, the the stories and stuff that I've heard and just watching you with your sisters, I can definitely see that you played a, a big role, uh, more than a, sis, a big sister should have to play. Um, from the stories I've heard you tell, and even Emily and Desiree, the way that they look up to you, whether they want to admit it or not, they look up to you. Uh, so I definitely can see that you did play a big role, and that did affect a lot of how your childhood went and uh, how you developed and why you're so nurturing and motherly before we ever even had kids. Um, so definitely want to point that out to you. I think that you, you did good with Emily and Desiree. Thank you. <laughs> um, so then tell me about when, when Amara was born. How did you find out that you were going to be another have another little sister 18 years apart? Uh, I don't really remember how they told me, if I'm being 100% honest with you, but I just remember finding out that my dad's girlfriend at the time was pregnant and I mean, I was 18, and I already had two little sisters. I had just graduated high school, and I found out that my dad is about to have another baby. I thought that was freaking insane. Yeah, I will. I remember finding out. I don't remember if it was you or your dad or what, or if they sat us down. I don't remember. But I do remember going, holy cow, Kurt's starting over? Dude, you're just so close. Like, how old was Emily? 14, 15? Yeah, 15. 15? So you had 14. three, four more years left, buddy? And you uh, you messed up? And, and I mean, I mean, Amara's amazing, and I love her. She has been a huge blessing. and uh, But holy cow, I can't imagine. So I, I'm... Whew. Um, so how did that make you feel, though? Was that, like, a big emotional moment for you, like, in a negative way? Was it, like... Why would he do this? How stupid can you be? Or was it like, oh, cool, I get to be a big sister again, and hopefully I don't have to raise this one. I mean, I think I was just more so, like, in shock. Like, I just couldn't believe that my dad was about to have another kid. And, like, part of me was, like, kind of hopeful that I'd have a brother, but, I mean... Yeah, knowing your dad. (laughs) Three girls in a row, he's not having a boy. (laughs) Four girls later. Yeah, um, I don't know. I was excited, but kind of like, uh, are you serious? Like, this is what's going on? But, I mean, obviously, I love her to death, so. Right. She's, she's awesome. I love her. So, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's, let's go back in time a little bit from where we're at now um, and, and kind of, you know, paint a broader picture here. So, uh, what was school like for you? Was it tough? Was it... Um, 
did you enjoy school? Were you a nerd? Did you get good grades? Did you get bullied and picked on? Um, a little bit of all of it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. School, for a while, I liked it a lot. I loved school. I made really good grades. And then once we started moving around, it just got really hard. I was always the new kid. I was always the person having to make new friends and that was very difficult for me because I'm not a very outgoing person so having to be the new person at a school every single year or even multiple times within a year so so when you say you're, you're constantly the new kid um, how many schools did you go to between kindergarten and senior year I went to 13 schools 13 that is a 13. outrageous number, and I, I cannot imagine being the new kid 13 different times. Yeah. Different states a couple times, too. So that Texas, was... Georgia, South Carolina, yeah, and Florida. Yeah, it was interesting. Stephanie, Did you go to school in Texas? Um, I think I was in kindergarten at that time, or hmm. maybe pre-K. We were really little whenever I lived in Texas. Okay. So... Fast forward to, you know, you're later in high school, 11th grade, um, you know, your mom gets locked up and then you're, you're forced to move back down here and then you're, you're going to Inglewood. And uh, so what did it feel like to, uh, to meet me? <laughs> Was it love at first sight? Did you want to cut my eyes out? <laughs> Why would when, I want to cut your eyes out? <laughs> well, I told part of that story in the my episode so uh i kind of want to hear your version of our uh high school sweetheart story if you will um okay um i wouldn't say that it was and love at first sight i want to say you can be as harsh as you need to be because i'm sure <laughs> anything that you've said or you're gonna say i've already thought in my own head about myself so say anything harsh no i wouldn't say that it was love at first sight but i mean i remember meeting you and thinking that you were super cute and then we started talking and then you stopped talking to me because you're a dumb dumb i guess I don't know. <laughs> um and then yeah. fair fair <laughs> from there we had a class together the following year and we started talking again and i had just stopped talking to another guy and i was like I don't really want to give him too much of a chance, but we'll just, you know, see how things go. And then you just knew how to say all the right things. <laughs> and from there, uh, I just fell. I, I was a pretty good sweet talker back then. I don't know what happened to that. I'm not as good as uh, a sweet talker as I, I used I to be. I literally have, like, old screenshots when you told me that I put Hershey's out of business because I was so sweet. <laughs> That's right, baby. You did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's a little over. So fast forward a few years, we've been together. We're um, how I don't even know how two years, two and a half years when we moved in together, um, and then we we move in with Austin and Vanessa, and um, towards towards the later end of that that lease um, is when we got engaged um, on the nineteenth of July. Um, and right after your birthday, for your birthday, we took you to St. Augustine and we got the whole family there and you were really confused as to why our whole family is here for your birthday in St. Augustine and you, you, you genuinely did seem confused all day. And then I popped this big question of, will you marry me? Because I wanted to spend the rest of my life with you and I knew it. And 
Um, so at the time, did you want to marry me? Yeah, absolutely. And follow-up question to that is, did you see it coming? Did you see me getting down on my knee that day as a... Did you ever see that as a possibility in that general time frame uh, of our life? Yeah, absolutely not. That's why I quote-unquote hesitated, <laughs> which I didn't. I was just in shock. I did not. That was the last thing I expected. Even before, like, when you had my, had my mom, your mom, make me get my nails done. Like, that was... I mean, I was like, well, but just for my birthday. That's nice. I don't know. I definitely did not see it coming at all. So, like, even with every, like, the random people that were there, there, like, I, I didn't You know, like, it. Austin, uh, Jesse was there, like, just, yeah, I mean, my dad Colby. with your family, like, that was just. Yeah, that was definitely <laughs> almost like a culture shock. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one for of your family. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, uh, <laughs> um yeah i tried to keep it as down low as possible and you know i want to give a a big shout out for for that for that day specifically and planning that it didn't go as i planned it at all by the way my plan was not to do it where we did it it was to do it over by the water um mom i think it was mom suggested i do it at the beginning of our our walk so that you're not all hot and sweaty and mad because uh, our video and our picture is going to be me and you sweating to death in the 90 degree Florida heat in the middle of July. So I was like, okay, you're right. I guess we got to do it here, but everybody's got to be. It was so stressful. But I want to give a shout out to mom and Austin for helping me with that because mom helped me plan it and pick a ring and Austin helped me get the ring, right? So when I, once mom and I finally chose a ring, and I was certain, okay, this one, she's gonna, she's really gonna like this. I had Austin come up and help me purchase it, because I didn't have good credit. And so Austin came up there to put it on his, under his name. And Austin walks in and within 30 seconds goes, oh, you can't get that ring. I'm like, why? He's like, that's the same ring I got Nessa. I was like, oh, you suck. It's like, you know how long I stood here with my mom trying to find a ring? And so uh, I ended up having to re-choose, and now that's the ring you're currently wearing and playing with right now um, that we need to get resized. Um, yeah. So it, the whole ordeal of planning that and getting you there and making sure you didn't know was very complicated, but also very easy because at the time, I don't think if you, you realize how... I guess how easy it really was. It was hard logistics wise, but it was easy to plan that because you worked at DCI at the time. You weren't getting off to like five thirty. You weren't getting home to like five thirty six o'clock every night. I was getting off at two two thirty in the afternoon working at Chick Fil A, so I had like four hours every day. So that's when I went to to um, K Jewelers to get you the ring, and I I mean I literally planned everything in those afternoons when you weren't home. You're still at work. I'm waiting for you to get home. So, just uh, want to give a a thank you to the job that you currently had at the time because otherwise it wouldn't have worked out the way it did. I would have made it work either way, but yeah, I mean I hope so. <laughs> so let's fast forward. So we get engaged, and then it was it wasn't, but like what the following March, right? That we, uh, 
made it official and got married. Yeah, it was like eight months, right? We had yeah, I think it was like eight, eight or nine months. months. To plan a wedding, and it was so stressful. And we did it on a budget, a very yeah, small budget. Very uh, budget. We spent two thousand dollars. <laughs> Our venue was free. Um, we had a lot of help uh, with that. Uh, we had a great wedding planner, Susan. Shout out. Um, and people really pitched in, really helped out. Like my, my groomsmen really like helped tremendously setting up and tearing down everything. Um, but it, it was great. I loved our wedding. I wouldn't change anything, any of it for the world. Um, and then what was it? Four months later, three months later, something like that. Um, who, whose idea was it to have kids? Surprisingly, it was yours. <laughs> <laughs> and why did you not believe me? Well, we were sitting in the waiting room waiting for my sister's open heart surgery to be over. And <laughs> you just looked at me and said, you want to start having or you want to start trying for a kid? What? What do you mean you want to start? Like, I think I, I, I want to correct you. I think my exact words were, you want to have a kid? Yeah, like it was very it was almost it almost came out childish like you want to have a kid like i don't know how this works but you want to have a kid i did not believe you at all nope and then i had to convince you in the hospital just talking to you and then yeah so um did you feel like okay so we started trying and then like six months later you know we're we're still not pregnant did you start to get worried that hey maybe what is there something wrong or did you feel like no this is normal sometimes just takes a while for people I mean I think it was a little bit of both especially because we were so young I thought that it would be like really easy for us to get pregnant especially because a lot of our friends had already gotten pregnant yeah I mean my sister was pregnant my sister Desiree was 16 and pregnant around the time we had started trying for a kid so I'm like why, why is she pregnant and I'm trying? Like, she wasn't even trying and she got pregnant. And we're over here trying and trying and trying. Nothing's happening. So, then eventually, it was, it was like six months in, right? Yeah, six months. Six months in, uh, the plane lands, right? It's <laughs> a bad way to put it. Um, and how did you feel? Before you told me, how did you feel? Oh, no. No, I didn't. I'm, I'm tripping. The wrong kid. No, um, yeah. So, how, do you want to tell the story of how, because typically when we tell the story of how we found out uh, about Brantley, uh, I, I feel like I'm always the one telling the story. I don't know if I've ever heard you tell the story. So, I want to hear you tell our story of finding out that you were pregnant with Brant. Okay. Um, so, it was after what hurricane? Hurricane Matthew, I think. Hurricane Matthew. I had just gotten back from um, Tennessee with a couple of friends. We went and went to Tennessee to get away from the hurricane because it was supposed to hit Florida pretty bad. Um, I got back and I was feeling really sick, not like pregnant sick. I just, my ears were killing me. I had a really runny nose. So I, I just couldn't take the pain anymore. And I told you like, we need to go to the doctor. You convinced me to go to the doctor. I'm pretty sure that's more so what it was. Doctor not, or emergency room because okay, we never went to the okay, doctor. Not, not the doctor, <laughs> the emergency room. So we went and to this the emergency is, room. And this is the day you got back from Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. We went to the emergency room. And as we were sitting there waiting, um, I'm telling the doctor, you know, my ears are hurting me really bad. I just feel like I have an ear infection. And I've just been a little nauseous. And she's like, oh, 
well, is there a chance that you could be pregnant? And I looked at Jacob, and I was like, well, I mean, yeah, that, that's possible. We've been trying, but, I mean, I, I don't think that I am. And then Jacob looks at me, and he's like, what? Um, this better not be the way that we find out that we're pregnant. This better not be the way we find out we're pregnant. The doctor's like, well, we're going to go test. We're going to test your urine, see, see if you're pregnant. And she left, and me and Jacob were just sitting there. Freaking out. Like, For like 20 minutes. It just felt like the longest time ever. Just sitting there like, this can't be how we find out. Like, this is not, we're, we're not pregnant. <laughs> this isn't it. And she comes back in the room and she has a smile on her face and she's nodding her head yes. And me and Jacob are just looking at each other and she's like, yep, you're pregnant. <laughs> what? I came here for a double ear infection and I'm leaving with a child? <laughs> That's what you're I, telling me? When she walked in, I want to say, when she walked in... And was just smiling, like, from ear to ear and shaking her head yes. We made her night being able, allowing her to tell us uh-huh. that. We didn't even really allow her. She just took it upon herself. But when she came in there, ear to ear smiling, shaking her head up and down, not saying a word, I'm in my head going, you better say it. I need to hear the word. You say it. You got to say it, woman. Say it. So when she finally goes, you're pregnant, I, oh. Oh, like I could, I don't think I breathed for the minute and a half it took her to get those words out of her mouth. Um, yeah. So, um, did you, how how was it being pregnant? So after that, obviously you're, now you know you're pregnant. How did it feel being pregnant? Um, I mean with Brantley, it was fairly easy. Like I had my moments where I was sick, but I loved being pregnant. I loved feeling the kicks and watching my belly grow and just feeling him inside of me and everything. It was just, it was an amazing moment. And and how did that empower you? Did that change your mindset? Did it make you stronger, better? I mean, I don't know if it, I mean, I guess so. I mean, I'm literally growing a whole human being and I think that's really empowering because not everyone can do that. So. so I don't know if I've ever shared this with you. But when, as I was thinking about this podcast and what questions I wanted to ask you and like where to, what direction to kind of keep us pointed in here, it it dawned on me that I feel um, that when you were pregnant with Brant, that's when you kind of got your voice. You, you were, um, obviously your name was Cheyenne, you were always shy, so you, I feel like when you got pregnant with Brantley, it empowered you in a way that um, only being a mom can. And it, it allowed you to kind of step out of your box and be more vocal about your opinions, about your thoughts, and like really let people know, no, this is how it's going to be, or this is not how it's going to be. And it, it really made me fall in love with you even more, because I love that about you, especially now. So... I just wanted to point that out for you. Um, so then, so now Brant's born, and what was it? Not even a year later, right? Nine months, eight months later, something like that. Um, With Brant? No, when you're leaving the daycare. Oh, six months. Six months. Six months in. Um, we'll just say things weren't working out for you with uh, your job at the daycare. And um, so we decided to 
that it would be best for you and our family if you were a stay-at-home mom. Uh, so that's f- four years ago now, almost exactly four years ago now. And um, so, and you've been a stay-at-home mom ever since. Um, so what is it like uh, being a stay-at-home mom? Um, well, I've never seen the movie Groundhog Day, but I've heard about it. <laughs> And I feel like that that explains it pretty well. That's actually a really good reference, and I'm very proud of you. (laughs) Like, I've seen bits and pieces of it, of course, like any other movie. But no, for real, um, it is the hardest but most fulfilling job I've ever had. Right. So why is it the hardest? Because I'm literally home with children 24-7. I am the person... That they depend on 24-7. Of course, they depend on you too when you're home. But I'm the one that has to make sure that they're fed. I'm wiping their butts. I'm, you know, tending to every single need. And hearing mommy about 5,000 times in the middle of all of that. On top of watching other people's kids too. So, it's definitely so tiring. What what it, What is fulfilling about it? Um, Even include... Even the most obvious things. I mean, just being home with him. Being able to have that time with him. Being able to be the person that is molding them into who they are today. Even though I feel like I'm not doing the greatest job right now. I'm trying. But, I mean, it's just having that time with him. The time that some people aren't able to have with their kids. Mm -hmm. Just the extra. I mean, the same thing I complain about. Being with them 24-7. I still love being able to be with them and see every milestone and be there along the way and it's really rewarding well i'm very thankful for all the hard work that you do at the south side anybody listening who thinks that being a stay-at-home mom is not a full-time job they're wrong and i stand by that um because the couple days that i'm home for instance last year when i was injured and i was home for three months straight i was going to lose my mind so I don't know how you've done it for four years straight because um, these kids are, our kids are crazy. Um, so that's that's pretty much the end of it. Um, I have a couple follow-up questions I'd like to ask you. Um, but uh, is there any stories that you've thought of um, during this whole thing, during this ep- during this recording that you want to share? Is there anything that... Uh, any stories you've thought of beforehand that you want to share about your life or about, you know, any memory that pops in your head? Um, I mean, like I've told you, there. I mean, there are plenty of stories. I just, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Like, from the top of my head. So, let me ask you this. So, <clears throat> with, this is actually something else I wanted to cover earlier, and I've, kind of skipped over it um so if you if for the people who know you best we all know that you uh have some uh you're you're an introvert right you you have a little bit of anxiety you're introverted just a little a little bit and so i want to point out um or I want to hear what you have to say, really. I don't want to point it out. I want to hear what you have to say about your TikTok journey and um, 
how that has kind of affected you and changed your changed your mindset and changed your life? Um, I don't. I mean, I feel like it's honestly just helped me come out of my shell more. I mean, I feel like I'm still a very introverted person, but I feel like I also have been more eager to jump at opportunities to be more outgoing. Um, starting TikTok, I mean, obviously you were there. I didn't think that posting silly videos that I would be where I'm at today. But, I mean, I I absolutely love it. I never thought that I, the person that I am, very to myself and introverted, would have such a like bigger following than I would have ever anticipated on TikTok. So as of the last time you checked, what is the... What is your following up to? I have 82.5 thousand followers. And where can the people who don't follow you on TikTok, where can they go follow you? What is your your username on there? It's Cheyenne17. Spell that because (laughs) nobody knows how to spell your name. It's S-H-I-A-N-N-17. All right. So speaking of your name... uh, Give me a couple of examples of how people have messed your name up. Um, well, throughout my <laughs> life, for whatever reason, people have found it really hard to pronounce my name. So instead of Cheyenne, um, <clears throat> the most common one that I've gotten is Sheehan. I don't know why they would say Sheehan because she is S-H-E and my name is S-H-I. But that was a popular one. Um... I've gotten Sean, I've gotten Sheen, That's, Shania. Sheen is Chris Jackson all day. That's yeah, the only thing he does. Like as me. soon as he sees you, he's like, Sheen! <laughs> um, I, I, I've gotten so many. Like, I, I don't know why it's so hard to pronounce. Like, even on TikTok, people have asked me, like, how do you say your name? Because I don't know how to say that. And I, like, I've said my name on a video before, and they're like, oh, that's how you say your name? <laughs> Yeah, it's Cheyenne. See, for the longest time, when we first started dating in high school, I didn't know it was spelled differently than how most people spell Cheyenne, C-H-E-Y-N-N-E, right? So the first time I ever saw your name written down, I was like, what is that? <laughs> it, it, it blew my mind because you think you know somebody and then their name is just spelled completely different. <laughs> So I don't even categorize you. I've told you this. I don't even categorize you as Cheyenne, as in C-H-E-Y-N-N-E. When I hear your name, when I'm talking to you or talking about you, and I say Cheyenne, I'm thinking of a completely other name. I don't associate you with anybody else named Cheyenne, just because of how it's spelled. Yeah, I've only met one other person, like, in person, that's spelled the same way. I've seen some people on TikTok, like, they've commented, oh, we have the same name, which is crazy, because, again, you don't ever really meet someone named Cheyenne with this kind of spelling, but my mom just wanted to be unique <laughs> and give me a hard life to be called Cheyenne forever. <laughs> so, um, a couple other questions I want to ask you real quick. So, what did you want to be when you grew up? As a kid, what was the one thing you wanted to be? Um, for as long as I can remember, I wanted to be a pediatrician, which obviously that didn't work out. So, I mean, even from there, like when I realized I wasn't going to be a pediatrician, I always wanted to do something working with kids. I've always had a love for kids. I guess it's just because I was always the older cousin, the older sister, always around kids. So, I mean, that's just what I love. 
And now here I am, stay-at-home mom, that's going crazy <laughs> with these kids. Speaking of kids, what got you into the most trouble as a kid? Now, I know that you were a fairly good kid and you didn't get into a lot of trouble, so this may be a tough question, but what was the one thing you can rem- remember that got you in the most trouble? Um, it was when I got caught sneaking out. I was living with my dad and my great granny at the time, and we had a neighbor down the street, um, <clears throat> and I was really good friends with her. She was a couple years older than me, and she was like, yeah, let's, I'm, I was staying at her house, and she's like, yeah, we're going to sneak out. We're going to go to my friend's house. And I was like, okay, I mean, you're older. You know what you're doing. I've never done this before, but <laughs> sure, let's go. So then we sneak out of her mom's house and go to her friend's house. And then from there, we sneak out of her friend's house and go and stay at some boy's house. I've never met these guys before. I don't I don't know who they are. And I had one smeared off and I was very intoxicated because I was, you know, a teenager. Shouldn't have been doing <laughs> that. I also um, partaked in a little bit of marijuana because, again, I was peer pressured. I... As an introvert, it was very easy for me to be peer pressured because I just wanted to fit in. Um, but it, it didn't work out because, you know, we stayed the night there. And then I woke up the next day and the girl that I was with, she had several missed calls from her mom. And I had several missed calls from my dad. And they're trying to figure out where we're at. So then, you know, we get back to the house and my dad, you know, asked me what was going on. I told him what happened. And instead of grounding me or anything he just didn't talk to me for two weeks (laughs) like I he just didn't look at me didn't talk to me nothing and I feel like that was a lot harder of a punishment for me for you yes that was absolutely a much harder punishment I, I think I had my phone taken away for a week maybe but it was a lot harder with my dad just ignoring me than me not having my phone because I mean at the time me and my dad were best friends and I just felt like I had done everything to disappoint him so it was just it's not a fun time. And from there, I, I didn't do things like that. And if I did, I didn't get caught. I, I was much smarter. And my last question I got for you is, um, what is your favorite food? Um, I'd probably say chicken wings. Chicken wings. Favorite flavor? Just original hot chicken wings. Original hot. It's like spicy. Spicy wings. All flats. Because... Drums are weird. I don't like those. And definitely ranch. Yeah, definitely ranch. Yes. Only psychopaths eat blue cheese. No offense. Mm, sorry, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's it. Um, thank you, Cheyenne, for for coming and well, coming coming to our living room. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. See you um, at the same time tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you for sitting down and doing this with me. I've really enjoyed this. I think it went very very well. Um, I think our listeners will enjoy this as well. Um, So um, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later.